When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Icons, did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanton, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. In this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for ways to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative? Gretchen Rubin is the number one bestselling author of The Happiness Project, and every week she shares insights and practical solutions in the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. Gretchen's co-host and happiness guinea pig is her sister Elizabeth Kraft, a Hollywood showrunner. Join Gretchen and Elizabeth as they reveal fresh insights from cutting-edge science, ancient wisdom, pop culture, and their own experiences about cultivating happiness and good habits. Every week, they offer a manageable try-this-at-home tip you can use to boost your happiness without spending a lot of time, energy, or money. Suggestions such as follow the one-minute rule, choose a one-word theme for the year, or design your summer. They also feature segments like Know Yourself Better, where they discuss questions like Are you an overbuyer or underbuyer? A morning person or night person? Abundance lover or simplicity lover. And every episode includes a happiness hack, a quick, easy shortcut to more happiness. Listen and follow Happier with Gretchen Rubin, an Odyssey podcast. Available now, free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. We have an extra, extra special episode for you all today with the one, the only, Drew Barrymore. Of course, Drew hosts her own daytime talk show now, but she's been in so many iconic movies. And when I was in New York last week, I got a chance to sit down with her in person for a wide-ranging chat that you're all going to hear in just a second. But of course, I couldn't get to everything because she's been in so many movies. I want to talk about Charlie's Angels and Scream, and I want to talk about so many things. I know she's a huge Sex and the City fan, so we started off talking about that. 
and the end just like that spinoff. But there was so much to cover. And luckily, I'm also a guest on her new podcast, which is called Drew's News. And that'll be out very soon, I believe, if it's not out already. So check out her Drew's News podcast feed for more of my chat with Drew. But in the meantime, I hope you all enjoy this chat. I was so nervous. I was very excited, but very nervous. Because like I said, she's been in so many things, and I just wanted to get to as much as I could. Uh, But I was lucky enough to talk to her. And I've been a guest on her daytime talk show. And she was so kind to give me so much of her time. And everyone over there at the Drew's News and at the Drew Barrymore Show has been so kind and nice and welcoming and wonderful to me. So I just hope you enjoy this chat as much as I did. So you can find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Also follow the Drew's News Podcast. Get my book. It's called How Do I Unremember This? Wherever books are sold. It's currently just twelve ninety nine on Amazon, so it's on sale. So with all of that said, please enjoy my chat with the one, the only, Drew Barrymore. Texted and it actually happened. This is our this is our okay. third time collaborating, at the very least, now. maybe more. Whether you like it or not. Oh um, my god, Danny. I'm here with the queen, an icon, and a legend, the Drew Barrymore. Drew, how are you? Oh, Danny. I mean, you just literally gave me the most thoughtful gift ever. You Danny gave me a journal that has the Infamous Jack Berger post-it note on it that says, I'm sorry, I can't, don't hate me, that he left on Carrie Bradshaw's computer in Sex in the City. And it's just been this big thing in my life. I've been talking to my therapist, Barry, about it. I've been writing essays about it. I've been thinking about the behavior um, around a post-it note like this and how we used to vilify it. And now it actually seems like a like a Torah scroll, a to- tome, a uh, an encyclopedia of words compared to the day and age of ghosting. Right, right. And uh, this is so meaningful to me. Thank you. Of course. And don't you think there's something, I mean, that wasn't really a, a written letter, but there is something to like the written letter. I think that's so beautiful. That well, George Clooney came on our show. How hot is he? I mean, I saw that clip of him on your show. I mean, he's like gorgeous. No, he, he just is looking virile, handsome, lively. Yeah, yeah, lively. Like, yeah. he just ages like a fine wine. Um, and I love that he, like, has a cocktail and enjoys his life and, you know, is living and loving and advocating Live, and laugh, loving. working and eating. And, like, what I don't really respond to is those people who are like, I drink 100 ounces of water a day <laughs> and I don't eat anything outside <laughs> of, you know, a very yeah. restricted, thoughtful diet and I exercise for two hours every day. I'm like, oh my god, I could never I know. keep up with that. Wait, so we're talking about Sex in the City though before. And do you have like a favorite episode? Who do you relate to the most? Because I know you're a big fan. And what did you think of the reboot? Did you like the reboot? Well, don't lie to me. It's okay. It took me a second. Yeah. I was like, wait, what is happening? Um, and the what is happening was not the introduction of the new characters. I think right. that actually hooked me in quicker because I didn't have premeditated expectations on the new characters and I thought they cast it brilliantly like all the women actually came on this show and I was already super fans of them on the show Um, so I felt like it was almost two shows within one show I think what was surprising to me was that the characters I thought I knew were behaving so differently. 
Mm-hmm. So Miranda, Miranda was different right. than Mar- right. like Ma- Miranda was not messy before. Right. Miranda was, you know, it's like the Golden Girls and Sex in the City sort of took one woman and divided her up into four pie pieces. And it was like our sexual side, our, you know, romantic side, our business side, and our, you know, kind of love junkie side mm-hmm. um, and creative side. Yeah. It was like every facet of a woman. So all the years I watched Sex in the City, because I still will watch old episodes. Yeah. Like I'm like, I could be learning something new. Nope, I'm going to watch that same episode for the 34th time. And here we go. I de- Every year on my birthday, not to interrupt you, but I watch the agony and the ecstasy when they're sitting around at the diner at the end. They don't go to Il Cantonori or they go to the wrong restaurant. And they're like, we should be each other's soulmates. And that's like my favorite thing ever. I have to watch it on my birthday. It's And they find her in the shower. Yeah. yeah so and she's the, the mascara all yeah, down her so face. Fun. Yeah. Um, I Throughout the last several decades that I've been watching the show, I am different characters at different points in my life. Again, because I think it's a Venn diagram intersected of one woman. So it's just at yeah. certain points I've been a Carrie. At certain points I've been a Charlotte. At certain points I've been a Miranda. And back in the day, I used to be a Samantha. I need a little, like, some, I know they're hinting. I like the way that they hint at Samantha and the text messaging and all of that kind of stuff. But it's just like I want them to just give her, like, $10 million or whatever it is, like, to just show up for one scene. And well, I know there was trouble. It's heartbreaking when you are convinced of this show that's built upon the idea of friendship. However, I think what I finally had to adjust to in And Just Like That was the fact that things change, people change, people develop boundaries and truths where they're like, I can't keep going on like this. And it just felt like some harsh reality in in a show that we always felt like we could lose ourselves into, not in a fantasy way per se, but in a like relatable way. So I guess it's not what we all wanted. We'd all like them to be happily ever after. Soulmates, as you said, for life. We don't need other people. We can just have each other and be fulfilled. It's like we're the ones not willing to let that go. Mm. They've moved on, and we have to accept that. But that was hard to do for a while in the show. And then... You know, also, I think I really did like the new characters. I thought yeah. there it feels like two shows trying to be the same show, and I was really on board with the new people. And they weaved them in by the end. And I want more. I just thought it was a little messy. Uh, it Well, I thought, you know, I guess change is messy, hard, and scary. And it was, yeah, it was hard. And we were I, also right coming out of the pandemic. Yeah. We were all so cagey, and we wanted that safe harbor of sex in the city and they were serving it up different and it was a tough time to do that it got us talking though (laughs) it it got everyone talking that Um, first episode oh my god and the the Chad diaz miranda when carrie had the was recovering from the surgery it was so good but wait i want to go to something you said about the venn diagram of women and i'm i'm interested in this because we just rewatched the wedding singer which that's my favorite of your and adam's movies right Mm, love it thanks but i was watching it and uh, the Christine Taylor role was interesting to me because I was reading, I was doing all my research, and I was reading about how you, when you came on board, they expanded your role in the yes. female character. Because before then, an Adam Sandler movie was an Adam Sandler movie where there was a female love interest, but there wasn't really like, a, it wasn't a beefy role, right? And I was watching the Christine Taylor role, and in 
in the 90s and the 2000s, normally that role would be a villain. When she likes the Adam Sandler character and then when she finds out her friend has a real connection with the Adam Sandler character, normally I feel like she would have fought it. And then I was thinking of all your all these movies you did, Ever After, for instance, where it's a Cinderella story and – it's not someone saving it's not someone saving the woman she's able to save herself but there's still a love element and i mm-hmm. feel like that's been so apparent throughout so many of your movies where these strong well-rounded female characters down the list of all your movies and i'm curious like when did when did you hook into that idea what what role was it where you're like no we have to beef up this female character it has to be well-rounded i don't want to pit women against each other. Like, does that make sense? You're so absolutely astutely spot on. Um, That's true. Really is. And it's not a question that I get asked very often in that way, the way you're phrasing it. Um, it, And it means so much to me that you're recognizing that because it has been such a part of the gas in my tank or the way that my motor runs. I, just thought there's a formula here in storytelling in Hollywood and filmmaking that it, and it didn't used to be that way. You know, old rom-coms and old-fashioned movies really felt like two-handers. Mm-hmm. And that was a big pitch to to Sandler is I was like, I want to be like Hepburn and Tracy. Now, we'll probably look more like, you know, Buddy Hackett yeah. and – you know, Doris Day, although Doris Day is a stunner, you know. But You're like, both so hot in Wedding Singer. Oh, th- thank you. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't ever – for me, the reason I believed so much in Adam for my selfish intuition was that I thought he embodied everything that women – either in the movies or in reality at the end of the day want, which is a good, nice, funny, sensitive, cool, caring guy who has enough of an edge to keep you on the hook. Mm -hmm. I hate that nice guys finish last. They shouldn't. They should finish first. And the sooner we figure that out as women, (laughs) if you're into men, Um, or, you know, nice girls finish last, nice whatever partners finish last, you're going to live a better life. And it's not that I even knew that for myself yet at that point. I was in my early 20s and a total idiot, but I knew that the message in films and storytelling should be like, go for the good guy. Mm-hmm. And to me, a good guy is someone who's funny and consistent and sweet and charming, but again, has something about them that's a little edgy because too soft and too nice is a hard sell mm-hmm. for people. Um, and Sandler, being a comedian, comedians always have edge. Yeah. They just do. Yeah. You can't be a comedian and have no edge. There's no soft sweet, charming, spineless comedians out there. You're not a comedian if that's the thing. You just might have a good sense of humor and you're kind, but you're not a comedian. Comedians have bite. Mm -hmm. They have teeth. They got backbone. They got balls. They got chutzpah and moxie. They've got the goods. Funny is intelligent and it's alluring. And women, at least I was, also attracted to talent. 
And to me, Sandler was so talented. Mm-hmm. Sandler and I never dated. Yeah, like but we, But I just was like, this is the guy all girls want. Yeah. You know? And so I kept saying to him, like, you know, it's a really unfortunate thing that the women in comedic films or rom-coms um, are not usually the ones driving it. But even worse, they're not even 50%. Right. And... That's not what I'm out to do here. I want to do a two-hander, 50%. We're playing tennis, volleying the ball back and forth, and that's the only way this is going to work. Um, and he was on board with that, and he got Judd Apatow and Carrie Fisher and took the script that him and Tim Hurley, he and, uh, and Adam had wrote, and, and Frank Karachi, the director, had a big hand in it, and they made it a twofer, yeah. and they made it a strong movie. Uh, for both characters. And you're right. I, I thought, you know, Glenn Gulia uh, was enough of an archetypal jerk that you don't need then her best friend mm-hmm. being the archetypal jerk. Why do we have to set up people to look bad to make other people look good? And it's such a subtle shift that I was watching. And I was like, oh, my God, this feels almost revolutionary for this time period, especially because I, I forget. It's the moment where Christine Taylor's character goes to Adam's house. Mm-hmm. And I, it's like I, I hadn't seen the movie in maybe a decade or something. My body was ready for her to throw your character under the bus. Well, I also like her character in the movie wouldn't have assumed like everyone thinks she's off and getting married. So when someone's made that big decree mm-hmm. and plan, you kind of move on in your brain like that's a done deal. Right. Where obviously it is very much not a done deal. What's going on with the next Adam Sandler movie? You're going to do another one together because it has to be every 10 years or something, right? It does. Yeah. It has been every 10 years. It's funny. I just got a call the other day um, about like someone somewhere um, saying you know, hey, it's been, it wasn't Sandler or me. It was someone else um, in a position to make it happen. And the verbiage uh, through uh, someone I've worked with for 20-something years was like, or 30 years, was like, it, the 10-year mark is coming around again, and we're, we're, we're noticing that. And, like, we just, yeah, I just want to let your client know, like, we're, we know we're coming up on the on the decade. Okay, because Drew, I Which made love, me so happy because yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. When it comes from a, a neutral party, especially a business neutral party, it makes you feel like you're not doing something that's indulgent or that you've lost no, touch we and all you don't want know it. what. I, see, we I, want it. I don't know no, that, and it. that's so nice. We need it. I, need, I have no objectivity. But I need to hear other people's perspective the, on it. The Drew Barrymore show, which I think is so – I think creatively, you guys are doing so amazing, and Thank I know you. ratings are up like sixty percent. The show is doing so amazing. Oh my god, it's been it, it's taken three years to get here. But the interviews have been every interview you've been doing has been phenomenal. Thank you. But I need you also to be acting and directing. Me as an audience member, I'm like, I need you. Whip it was amazing. Like I need you directing again. God damn like me. I need you in another rom com. Where's Hugh Grant? Let's call him up. Like, oh, come on, Hubert. He came on the show. We were so we talked so dirty. Like eighty percent of the interview had to be cut out oh for daytime. Um, Cameron D and uh, Lucy Liu. We need that happening. You know, that's gonna there happen. are things. Um, you know, I, I think basically when 
I had kids, something really shifted for me. And, like, I couldn't go and be other people. I needed to be my kid's mom. Sure. And something in me by no means died. It went into sleeping beauty mode. Yeah. So is that kiss going to happen and, like, wake me up? I think it's very, very possible because I – there's a there's an essay that I wrote. I'm actually going to publish it on the blog. My my daughter's cousin Ivy. She's you know basically my niece. She wanted to get into this school so badly, and she couldn't like eat, sleep, function, concentrate. And I was just like, Ivy, what are you going to do if this doesn't happen? And I'm you know I'm almost concerned for your well being because it's like your whole life is depending on this one decision, this one road. And she admittedly said, yes, it is. And I said, well, then you better get a plan B that rivals plan A. And if plan A ends up happening, you're going to be kind of bummed and mourn the death of plan B because it's Mm. so goddamn good Mm. that plan A happening is going to be sad to let the new idea, the new plan B go. And... For me, it was like my whole life has been this plan A. It's always been movies and storytelling. And when I had my kids, I just I didn't know what road I was supposed to be on. My my compass would only point in the direction of my kids. Then years and years later, this show presented itself and I thought, "Oh, this is perfect. I can take my life's work and experience. I don't have a play a character. I can be myself. I can be my kids mom. I can live in my own reality as their parent." Um I want to figure out how to live a life, and a lot of this show is going to be about that. Um, We've been here for three years. I got way so attached to this show that it started to define me, like as if it was – I became Ivy. Like I couldn't imagine not doing it. And so I went and got some Plan Bs. Oh, okay. and they're so okay. goddamn rivaling Plan A. Okay, wait. Okay, but is, that is one I did of those, exactly for myself what I told Ivy to go do. Is one of those Plan Bs though? It's got to be a Lucy Liu Cameron D reunion, like because Cameron's back to acting. But would you would you prefer a Charlie's Angels three or would you prefer a let's do something else? I also have this fantasy of the three of you doing like a First Wives Club esque kind of it's something so comedic where you can all be hilarious. But I'd love to see uh, Charlie's Angels 3. Like, which one is that? I know. Charlie's is so fun because you get to do comedy. You get to do everything. I think, you know, when you think of the, and just like that, when you look at a Cobra Kai, when you see how people reinvent the wheel Mm -hmm. of legendary legacy franchises, um, I think we all know when it works and when it doesn't. Right. Um, and some are half and half. Some people like it. Some people yeah. don't. But I think overall we kind of go, that is amazing. Yeah, Top Gun. I feel like a lot of people saw it and we're like, that's a perfect way to do it. Exactly. Yeah. In any manner of what Plan B might or might not be, pun intended, it has to be that good. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think, you know... I feel a lot of responsibility as a storyteller, as a producer, as a filmmaker to just not fuck things up. Yeah, yeah. And I think you know when it's good. You know when it's not. Mm -hmm. And the only way it's going to be good is if you stop at nothing and Mm -hmm. you're really in touch with something and you're not doing it for doing its sake. You are on a mission and you will not fail it. 
Like, ironically, right. get your plan A and plan B. But plan C is failure is not an option. So of so all, if and when I ever approach anything with the Camerons and the Lucys and the Adams and yeah. the blah bitty blahs, like I I will do my best not to fuck it up. Yeah. Because I think these are things that I've been lucky enough to build with other people. But I've tried to be a force for good behind them. And I think integrity matters when you're making things for other people. Because at the mm. end of the day, you can't be self-indulgent. You can't just do it to do it. You have to do it to make it that good for people who are willing to come and spend their time to experience it. Yeah. Well, the world would go fucking nuts if you did a Charlie's Angels 3. And we would go nuts. My generation would lose it. I would be interested into what it would evolve into. Um, okay, I have so many questions for you. Uh, all of the other rangers is like weird Christmas special. Oh my special. god! I love that you brought it's up this all of weird the other Christmas special that you did, and I've never heard you really talk about it. It came out, I think, like ninety nine ish, and I remember seeing it when it aired on Fox. I loved it. It's like sort of was it Simpsons producers? It's Matt Grenning, who which created you just the did the Simpsons full Simpsons oh, full circle. Oh, that was the most meaningful moment Amazing. of my life. And it was mentioned in your book, The Simpsons. I just reread this on a plane. Yeah. Uh, but you're such a good researcher. By the way, that is integrity. Look, I bookmarked it. When you people want, can I tell you I was like crying? Show on a up and like they're prepared. Nothing is more attractive and more like more of a life compliment. I, I try so hard to work so hard, and I just recognize it in other people, and it humbles me to the core. Thank you for taking the time, like, this Danny. This is the Simpsons chapter I marked. But there was a quote from your dad where he said something when you were at Joshua Tree. Mm-hmm. i got to try to find it, where he said, okay, wait, I just found it. I can't believe you uh, read the book. This, Thank wait, you. Do you get sat on a plane? Oh, my God. Every movie I watch on a plane is like 10 times right. more emotional right. than it really is in reality right. on the ground. So I came from Ohio. My family's all in Ohio. And and a book. Anything. At, at 35,000 yeah. feet, anything it is, is way sad. more intense. Jamie Lee Curtis, Activia commercial. I'm like losing yep, it. Yep. 100%. But so I was reading this book and I had just come from my family. And this one line you said – and, and you've, you've talked about your relationship with your dad and uh, with your parents. But you had at the end of his life this time in Joshua Tree – and he looked up in your face and deep into your eyes and he said, you were made perfect. And it's so heavy and beautiful and it just hit me in a, in a way that I was just bawling, like uncontrollable, guttural sadness. And I think it was, A, so great to talk about it, but I, I just wonder now that you're, you've been parenting for so long, how do you look back on your parents now as a mother? Does that make sense? Did I ask a question there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I'm, I think about my parents all the time as a parent. Um, I don't know why my dad got such a pass, that crazy fucker. I don't know why he did, but he just did. I think his behavior was so crazy when I was young. I mean, he would break into our house and, like, trash the place. Like, it looked like they were trying to find, the, you know, the, the disc you know, it would look like a bad movie, mm-hmm. cliche, like, nope, they were here looking for it. Like, that's what he would do to my mom and I's little duplex. And he would, like, hold my hand in fire and tell me, like, I have to overcome the pain. And, you know, my my flesh is burning. And I'm just thinking, like, this guy is 100% bad shit. And he, he would 
I remember he would come into restaurants and he would come in with his finger held high like the pointer finger and he always go, hey! And he, he scared the shit out of me as a kid, but I was also utterly fascinated because he was this golem-like Tolkien figure who would like come in and out every once, every few years. This was my only impression of this man. He didn't wear shoes. He didn't have a phone number. He didn't live anywhere. Um, and he he looked very much like he did not have a home. Um, he His clothes were dirty. Um, my friends used to see people on the street and be like, oh, there's your dad. And I would laugh along with them, but, you know, I'd just be like, it didn't hurt deep down inside. I was like, yeah, that is what my dad looks like. That yeah. it's, it's crazy, but he does. And I, I, I think of him very fondly. You know, I, I don't know why I have zero baggage with this guy, mm-hmm. but I just don't. Mom, That's so interesting. Huge. I find that women, though, with their moms have a different relationship than men with their moms do. Well, and a lot of moms, my goodness, do they have the capacity to set those boys up on a not-so-great right, path right. by, you know— Propping them up too much. Yeah, there, I don't, there's some really crazy stuff I've seen from men, and it just keeps yeah. tracing back to the mother. Yeah. And you're like, like girls with mom issues mm-hmm. is a lot, and boys with mom issues is a lot. Right. Um, I don't know if the dad maybe gets a pass because you're not— in that womb, but then there are so many people who are adopted or born surrogacy um, or find that parent later on in life. So I'm not sure what the connection is, but that mother, that that archetypal figure um, can have, it seems um, like um, more lasting effects um, in the burden department, um, but I don't know because I don't have a dad. So if my dad was there to do more damage, I could probably say, oh, you're so ignorant for saying that if anybody is listening to this who has had a very long journey with their father. I just don't really know what that journey is. The guy gets a pass. He was incapable. I accepted it as a young kid. And... It just was very matter-of-fact to me. Wow, yeah. Like, this person can't take care of themselves, let yeah. alone you. Yeah. But do you feel like maybe because, and I, I forgive me, I, I don't mean to speculate, but maybe because your mom, you saw a shift, whereas your dad, it was always one way. Does that make sense? Well, things got better with him Yeah. also. Okay. Like, oh. when I got older, I was physically much more of a match to him. So I wasn't, mm. and he wasn't very tall, and he was very frail, so at a certain point when you realize you can kick that person's ass if they go after you, it changes the fear. Mm-hmm. It just does. I was like, oh, try it, sister. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you, can't, you can't mess with me. Um, my dad's got like an Italian temper. And as my brothers and I got older, we realized like, oh, it's just when we were young, we were scared of it. And yes. then as we got older, we we're like, oh, it's laughable now. <laughs> it, that's it. I love them, but it's, yeah, laughable. It, it, you, you know, children are smaller. Yeah, it, yeah. You know, it, you can think about it like when you're building something, you know, you have to build it shorter because that's yeah. the child's eye line. And if you're a larger looming figure, it's going to be intimidating 
And so when I was his height and I could kick his ass, I was like, you're fine. We're good. And he also just was older and he had less, you know, toxicity in him. Um, And it did become more comical and I did have more empathy for him. Um, And I was glad that I got the chance to, like, say goodbye to him because that's not something a lot Mm -hmm. of people have with absentee parents. There's just a hole that's permanent and you spend the rest of your life trying to fill it up. I actually got to make peace with him. It was a real luxury. Yeah. You know, that's where I focus. Not that he wasn't there. It was that I actually got the blessing of, like, saying goodbye to him over the course of two years as I took care of him. Yeah. Um, I'm, I have to go back to the Owl of the Other Ranger. I see. I'm nervous, Drew. I'm nervous. Danny, you're never. But I nervous. brought up. I brought up Owl of the Other Ranger because it was your daughter. Olive was named after that. You know what? Yeah. She or wasn't it funny happen? enough. Okay. It's just a coincidence. Okay. Olive was named after. Um, it obviously has a subconscious, subliminal, positive connotation for me. But Will and I were reading that book. Uh, what to expect when you're expecting yeah. the the pregnancy bible and it would say your baby is the size of a piece of corn or you know your baby is the size of a you know seed or your baby is the size of a banana like it just gives mm-hmm. you all these different random produce yeah. kind of references and one day we were sitting around and reading the book and it said this week your baby is the size of an olive and for whatever cosmic karmic reason, that was it. Will and I both knew. We never talked about it again. And she looks like an olive. She is an olive. It's the perfect name for her. And like somehow the universe just zapped us into no question. That's her name. That's her name. Um, I know I got to wrap this up, so I want to go like quick lightningish round. But, okay. You know, what is what is? Okay. The scream reboot that just happened. You were the principal's voice, right? Is that a wives' tale or is that No, true? I am. Okay. You're right. How did that happen? Because I haven't heard you talk about this. You're right. No one has no noticed. Asked. The director gave an interview saying that you had been the voice of like the – it was over a loudspeaker in the new Scream 2022. Yeah. What? See, this is why you are so fastidious and amazing. Yeah. I, they just asked me and I was like, yeah. I will always play with that franchise. I knew reading that script – which was scary movie at the time, written by Kevin Williamson. Um, And I shopped it around with none other than Harvey Weinstein. And uh, I was not an ingenue. He did not mess with me. Uh, I did not just seemed like a big asshole. Any experience. uh, I didn't have a negative experience with him. I was a producer, and I wanted to make movies. And that was also a side of him as well. I did not know any of the things that we now know. This was a long time yeah, ago. Yeah. I mean, this was, you know. Not to do a hard left, but the uh, everyone always talks about your bob in that, which is, of course, inspired by Scarface. But yeah, I'm so Michelle invested. Pfeiffer and Scarface. I'm so invested in also the top because it's very Nancy Myers. And I wonder if it was like a conscious decision to be like, oh, let's do a cozy off-white sweater because it contrasts so much with the bloody. I was going to say, you know, they always go light yeah, yeah. because it yeah. shows the blood best. That movie, I knew it would be an iconic juggernaut. So I knew it. I just knew it. And but your not, opening is like the most iconic thing. Well, I thought it was, you know, one of the best parts about the movie. Yeah. And I think that Janet Lee and Psycho and When a Stranger Calls were two of my favorite cultural 
moments in a scary film genre. So I was set to play a different role, and I had a sort of epiphany one night, and I called Carrie, the producer, and Harvey, and everybody, and I said, I've had an epiphany. This is what it has to be. The problem with scary movies is that you always know the main character is going to survive by the skin of her teeth. If we flip the script on that and we take that comfort away from people, you're going to have a very different movie on your hands. And they let me do it, which was even crazier because normally they're like, nope, you were booked for the other character. It's so good. We have to take a quick break here. As always, I want to thank ACAST. Also, you can watch this chat on the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino and the number one. We'll be right back. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, my listeners can use code EVERYTHINGICONIC, all together one word, at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. This episode is sponsored by Los Angeles Tourism. Now, y'all know I'm from the Midwest, but I've lived in California for so long, and I truly do love it here in L.A. There's so much to do. My parents were just in town and said the same thing because we always have something to do when they visit. There's so much good food and drink here. There's lots of pop-ups, rooftop bars, year-round alfresco dining. I love being able to eat outside here all the time, but they really have so many different food options uh, that you can get all the time. Tons of great shopping and fashion. Uh, They just opened up a new shopping center right across the street from where we live. And it's just fantastic to be able to walk there. I love that. I love having the sun. I love the attractions, the studios, the lifestyle. You get all the Hollywood pop culture stuff that I certainly love so much. Uh, And also, you just get the wonderful weather. It's really a fantastic place. So I want to encourage you all to head to discoverla.com. Again, need more ideas for your next visit? Just head to discoverla.com. Ever since I saw Clueless, I wanted to have the most amazing wardrobe, and that includes all of the clothes inside the wardrobe closet, and that's why I'm excited to talk to you about Quince. Now, Quince has you covered with truly timeless pieces that never go out of style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all sorts of must-haves. I'm talking uh, Mongolian cashmere crewneck sweaters from $50. I have a blue cashmere crewneck sweater I got from them that I get so many compliments on all the time. I love it. Plus, iconic 100% leather jackets and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts 
out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings all over to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. Love that. Makes you feel good about shopping with Quince. Uh, again, I've gotten a lot of stuff there. Just uh, good quality pieces and a lot of different options if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe. So indulge in the affordable luxury. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. It's hard to keep moving on, but... No, do uh, it. Go. Batman Forever. Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones, they had like a lot of shit on set, right? And you worked with both of them. And those costumes are insane. Tell me just something. There was a lot of time in hair and makeup. Okay. Um, and uh, V, the famous uh, makeup artist, um, V. Neal, uh, she she was doing the makeup. And uh, like my makeup in that, which doesn't look, you know, that crazy exotic, took an hour and a half. Just oh the makeup God. alone with like lashes and lines and diamonds and, you know, things. Debbie Mazars took a long time. But Tommy and uh, and Jim, hours. And it was uncomfortable and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but I think they were both, you know, I think Jim Carrey was going for like a very, you know, mm-hmm. again, comedians, mm-hmm. they're, 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 they've got edge, they've got grit, they've got backbone. It goes back to what I said. Adam is very kind. And Jim was really great to me. I loved him. Yeah. I had such a crush on him. Um I did too. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. You know, again, it's like Jim Carrey, Adam Sandler, these are the guys, you know, we are all in love with. Like, get in line. I got in line. (laughs) Um, And nothing happened. Did you ever date him? No, you didn't. Jim? Yeah. (gasps) Wait, did I get an exclusive? Oh, my God. One date? Did you go on a date? You went on a date. No, I just had a big crush on him. Um, But um, it makes me blush. I think it's like a wives' tale that he's also well endowed. I I don't You'll know. You'll tell me about that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, but on that film, um, I I really didn't get to engage with him very much because he and Tommy were so in their characters that, like, my crush was very, like, on the sidelines. You You couldn't really engage with them. Not because they weren't being nice or not because they were jerks, but because they were so in character. Right. Um, so it was, like, intense. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh, it's the Riddler. But no, it's like a really important performance to him. And he had like this whole Bowie thing going on. It was hot. What was Debbie Mazar like? I love her. She was in Batman Forever with you. Yeah, she's so nice. Okay. Cool. Cool chick. Yeah, yeah. Like she. She's kind of Italian. Cool. Yeah, she has that attitude that like I don't have. I'm a panderer. I'm a Labradorian <laughs> heat. But who's been the best scene partner you've ever had? I think I have a guess of who, like who were you like, this is the best actor I've been in a scene with? I have a guess, but... Well, tell me. Jessica Lange? I mean, Grey Gardens, it's that... You two in that, it's, like, mind-blowing. I think that was probably the most romantic love story I've ever been a part of telling. Mm. And to me, I grew up on films like Paper Moon and Midnight Run um, and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, these films to me that are like the greatest love stories ever told and there is not a sexual element to them they're just deep deep mm-hmm. deep love and connection and human you know humanity so i don't 
I think sex convolutes things. And when you just get down to when people truly, like, think that life is better together, that's a more compelling love story to me. I saw you you were with Cameron in your Druber segment. Yeah. And you were talking about tra- planes, trains, and automobiles. And you're like, we should just do that again. I know. I talk about that, it with Sandler all the time, too. I felt like I two-timed. The, but. Um, that's there's a scene with John Candy and Steve Martin in that where it's like this heart wrenching scene in the middle of this hilarious movie, but it's it's at is the it end the of, I like yeah, me yeah yeah it's my wife likes me oh, it's so good it's the best yeah I love that movie it's a masterpiece so Jessica Lange was the best I think without it being a traditional like love story that includes partners who are gonna engage sexually yeah. yes. Absolutely. Tell me a Penny Marshall story. Oh my God, Penny. Um, Penny, Penny's, I mean, she's such a character, you know? Um, And she was fun, too. Like, we used to party and, like, have such a good time because she's old school. We're us old school girls, ladies, we know how to have a good time, you know? Like, it's not, you know, we were raised in an era where, like, you know, you smoke, you drink, you imbibe, you have a good time, you know? Like, no one's sitting around going, oh, I really got to get up for that workout. Like, that's not what happens when you're hanging out with Carrie Fisher and Penny Marshall. No one's thinking, I got to get that 100 ounces of water in a day. And talking about women moving (laughs) stories forward, and, I mean, Penny Marshall doing movies like A League of Their Own, or, I mean, you mentioned Carrie Fisher and yourself. I talked about this with But Nancy Myers, if I'm around her, I'm (sighs) so freaking intimidated. I don't know how a woman can get women so much and yet I couldn't like I, I'm so f- terrified to alienate did her Did you too. ever work with Nancy? Yes, I did this film called Irreconcilable Differences with her and her husband at the time Charles, Charles Shire. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But, so, I mean her movies, do you have a favorite? Something's Gotta Give, The Intern. I um, might say it's Father complicated. It's complicated. It's yeah. Something's Gotta Give and It's Complicated. Something's Gotta Give so good with Diane typing at the computer in and that. crying. In that outfit. I talked about your scream outfit. It's basically a Diane Keaton outfit from Something's Gotta Give. Yeah. It's like that cream sweater. Ah, love it. No, she really. That house. That house. I, the beach house. I know. It's, ugh. And Nancy. Um, but I, I don't think that Nancy Myers is like a Penny Marshall or a Carrie Fisher to party with. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's just my, my inkling. <laughs> but um, she'd throw like a really good dinner party, I feel like. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Did you know Nora Ephron at all? I never got to meet her. <sighs> and I love her movies the yeah, most. I, I love her too. books the most. Yeah. But everything she's ever re- written. The David Letterman interview that was so memorable, of course, you oh, getting on that, yeah, the, you getting on the desk. But I want to know, like, would you, as a talk show host now yourself, would you like a moment, I guess, doing that? Because yes! in, your, in your book, you talk about how you didn't know how Dave was going to take it. No, actually, it was I was terrified. Because I didn't plan it. It was all spontaneous. And it was clear to me that David Letterman um, was not a faker. And he wasn't easy to please. And when he wasn't happy with something, he really let it show. And that was part of why we all loved his show because it was like, oh, God, who's going to screw this up and make Dave mad? Yeah, yeah. You know? So, yeah, I was terrified. Um, But so you would like it if if – And what's weird is I couldn't have known it at the time and I didn't know it until I called David Letterman – um, to, 
you know, talked to him about launching this show and they got him to come here and surprise me for the birthday show, I don't think I've ever been more flabbergasted. Um, but a, about a year before that, I, I or maybe, I don't know, a, a year before that, I, I called him on the phone and I was asking him some advice and just sort of talking it out with him. And um, he said, you gave us so many gifts over the years. And it was the first time it hit me like, oh, that was good for the show. Mm-hmm. Because in that moment, I was just worried about me as one girl and his reaction as one man. Mm. So, yeah, I would love something like that. Where is that era of television? Maybe I just need a desk and more things will happen like that. I don't know. Yeah, Machine Gun Kelly really blew me away. That one I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting him to say, I'm having a really hard time. And I just went, okay, in my mind, let's pivot. Yeah. Let's lean into this. Yes. And but a lot of people don't lean into that. Like when you get a moment like that, it's isn't it almost like a gift as an interviewer to get a moment like that. Well, also my lean into it was I I would love to reach vulnerability with you. Um I'd love to understand you more and you know, there is no gotcha within me as a human being. So in that moment, my pivot was, oh, maybe this person, like, needs something different than being on a talk show doing a Manny. Maybe he needs a human being right now, human to human. That's all we are anyway. Yeah. So, God, let's just get down to basics right now. Yeah. Um, and I love people's flaws and scars and life experiences. I took this show to – my old apartment and the place I grew up and the room where it happened and, as that famous saying goes, and the institution I was locked up in because I just thought in season two, can we please remember all the things we've all lived through and experienced and not be ashamed of them? I don't want this polished crap. Mm -hmm. The only thing I want Mm -hmm. polished here is the set itself. I want it to look money and beautiful and like Arc Digest level. But there is no veneer. That yeah. is such horseshit. But that's when talk shows. I, in my opinion, that's when they don't work. Is when they're just the there's the wall up, right? And they're not able to connect. And I, I hate. I always like talk about Rosie O'Donnell, and it's probably exhausting to anyone who listens to my show. Well, but, you're sitting here but, with one of the producers of it, so right, right. But I, what I loved so much was that she wasn't afraid to. And you have the same quality of like not afraid to. Feel sad, feel happy. Like when she had Barbara Streisand on, she didn't care that she was losing it. Like she, she whatever her feeling was, yeah. she allowed it to come out and didn't feel like, oh, we, I, I'm getting sad or emotional. I have to pivot away from that. Instead, it's like embracing that. Or, or your producer here also produced for Bonnie Hunt, and I love, I worship Bonnie Hunt. I love her, and she was on my show, and I, it was very early on in my podcast, and there was a moment I got really emotional, and I, I had remembered thinking like, just allow, just. Be emotional. It's yeah. okay to be emotional. But I think in a weird way, the human instinct is to just be like, no, I'm going to pivot away or, or keep my cool or yep. something. No, instead be of just excited. Yeah. Be, be excited, excited. Be sad. Be whatever. Be, just don't try to, you know, be a tough guy. And don't try to be a cool guy, mm-hmm. even scarier. Like that I just don't relate to. I'll never be cool. And I Who's don't want to. your favorite guest? Posture. 
I was really grateful for MGK to to do that. The Jeanette McCurdy interview really changed my life personally. Um, I asked her to do that interview. I sought her out. We were not a stop on her press tour. I personally reached out and sort of chased after her. Because you read her book? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I think this might be some of the closest stuff. This is hitting home too hard for me, and I, I want to I want to ask questions. Her, that book was incredible. It's incredible. It's just, I mean, it's eight, nine weeks now, number one on the New York Times bestseller list. And talk about, like, getting rid of that sheen and just being able to say, here's my story. I also could trust anyone who has a sense of humor. When you just take it all so serious and you've got that death grip Mm -hmm. and you're, again, why are you trying to pretend to be cool? Why are you being so heavy, man? That was really my dad. I think I got that from him. Whenever I talk about stuff, oh, baby, you got to kick the bag. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, said so from the man the who doesn't own anything. <laughs> Whatever, dad. But I think I'm picking up what you're putting down. I, If we can just be comfortable to be ourselves. Um, people have surprised me, too, that I, I didn't. You know, expect to have so much fun with and be so delighted with. I, I don't know. Every day is sort of a new experience and unexpected twists and turns. What about that dream list? Like, who have you not gotten yet? That Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Yeah. I want Tom Cruise so badly. I can't. He even never stand does an it. interview either. He's like very elusive. Now. But, wait, but do you remember? Okay, so I just went through this whole phase where I was reliving the War of the Worlds press tour. This is crazy. <laughs> but I was on YouTube. like the, It was like a, sa- a Saturday or Sunday morning or whatever. And I got in this wormhole where I'm watching Tom Cruise on Oprah, like the couch jumping. Yep. I'm watching the whole press tour, the Matt Lauer interview, the everything. Oh, my gosh, yes. And first of all, I was thinking, what the fuck was Steven Spielberg thinking during this? Because he's every interview he did at that time. Yep. It was not getting picked up about how great War of the Worlds was, which it was a phenomenal movie. The best. I can so, watch, so I've watched it 500 times. Instead, it's all like he, him bringing Katie Holmes out on Oprah, which I love. The, I live for that kind of talk show moment. But yeah, and then he stopped doing press. Yeah. Icons, I'm sure I've mentioned this many a time on the show, but I use DoorDash all the time, and I'm sure so many of you are right there with me. When you need a meal, you hop on DoorDash. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about DoorDash's Dash Pass. It's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door, helping you save lots of money, lots of time with every one of your DoorDash orders. So it's really a big saver with $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on your eligible orders. Dash Pass makes it super easy to save on restaurants or retail items, groceries, all your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. Because I don't just get my meals. I also get a lot of groceries. You can get, again, retail items, local stuff. Dash Pass, too, pays for itself in just two orders on average, making delivery even more worth it. Plus, Dash Pass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for just $9.99 a month. So get more from your delivery for less. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash. Use code ICONIC24. That's ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, use code ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Icons. 
Did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanten, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall, who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit The Britney wedding photo, obviously, that broke the internet. I want to know, you don't watch Housewives, and I know we talk a lot about Housewives on everything I kind of, but what was Kathy Hilton like at the wedding? You've known, you were babysitting Paris and Nikki, right? They, I think, babysat me at at Kathy's house. Okay. My mom would, like, pull in their driveway, I'd hop out of the car, and she'd zip out, and a couple days later, she'd come and pick me up. So Paris, Nikki, and Kathy were, like, a safe space for me to go and their house was so different than mine my mom and I lived in like this small duplex in a not so great neighborhood and their Hiltons and their house was cozy and had picture frames and you know banisters and I loved it over there I love that you you need to watch Kathy on Housewives did you know Kyle and Kim at all? oh yeah absolutely because we all were kids like working in the industry I mean like Escape to Witch Mountain and Watcher in the Woods were like, I loved their movies as a kid, and we were all sort of in the scene together. Um, what was Kathy's thing? There's like a whole thing. There's this whole thing with Lisa Renna. Do you know Lisa Renna at all? Yeah, I know. Well, I know of her. There's all these accusations that Kathy had this meltdown on this cast trip in Aspen, and she was like losing it and stomping on her glasses, and it was like a whole big nightmare. <laughs> First of all, isn't that the price of admission when you sign up? What about Jenna Lyons? I'm shocked about it. I'm shocked about it. I thought the sign that she came out with her boobs showing meant, like, I am fucking here to play. Like... I don't really watch Housewives, but everyone I know does, and I love all the, like... I want to get you into it. It's the last thing I do. Well, I just don't really watch a lot of reality TV, but I I get uncomfortable with people fighting. Actually, like, I I don't want that energy. It it upsets me too much. But um, 
isn't that the whole point of the housewives? Is like the crazier you get or shit goes down, the more fun it is. Again, right back full circle to what I was saying is you're not making this for yourself. You're making it for people, hopefully, to not waste their time while they're experiencing it. Isn't this the point of the Housewives or have I completely missed it? We'll talk about it more on your show because I think we're going to get into Housewives a little bit on your show. But uh, last... But Jenna Lyons' tatas being out made me think... (laughs) This woman knows her fucking audience. This is going to be it's so gonna be hot. Good. Favorite rom-com of all time? Like in the world? Yeah, in like life? what will you watch all the time? Mine's You've Got Mail. All time number when one. Mine's When Harry Met Sally. Uh, I mean, don't we need Meg Ryan back? Can you yes! Get, can you get Meg on your show? And if you do, I will be there just giving people coffee. Oh my like God. I, I worship the woman. I will die. I wonder yeah. if she ever would. I hope she does more. I mean, we need her too. Okay, favorite Mariah Carey song? I ask all of my guests that. Honey. Uh, sexiest Man Alive, if you're choosing People Magazine, Sexiest Man Alive. I'll let go with Jim Carrey. Good one. Now, finally, I just want to play this clip. You were on uh, Barbara Walters special, 1997 I just eight-ish? rewatched it recently. Wait, did you see the clip of you talking about, she asked you, where would you want to be in, in 10 years or something? Yeah, which I have no board vision. I've never had any board vision, so I was so curious as to what my answer would be. Did you listen to it? Can I play I can't it's remember. Quickly. I blacked okay, it out. Okay, let's just play it. It's a... I'm now, and I'd say 10 years. Where are you going to be five years from now? In the rain. What's the dream? Same one I've had since I was little. To be on a farm, to be with lots of animals, to be with someone I love. And one night it'll rain, and I'll know that I finally got there. One night it will rain? Mm -hmm. What's that got to do with it? I love the rain. And you, of course, went viral this earlier this year for this TikTok of you in the rain. And I just thought it was how amazing. Like, you had talked about it. It was 97-ish or something like that. I you, know, chills. you know what's nice about that is that it just proves to myself, like, um, that is who I am. You know, the rain is free. It doesn't uh, provide itself for certain people and not others. It's mm. um, It's just this sort of gift from nature. Um, I used to say it was God watering his flowers. I love that I thought he was a he. I love that I thought there is a God. I actually really believe in everything. Um, Whatever your beliefs are, I believe. Um, I I want us all to be kind to each other in that way. I, I see the universe basically like on the back of your phone. I believe in the universe. But I just love that rain is this thing that is so spiritual and so in nature and it just doesn't choose anyone or anything. It's just there for everyone. Um, There's something about those things um, that really speak to me. Can it be for everyone? Mm -hmm. And the rain is. It also feels good. It's just so... We overthink everything. Oh, God, am I going to get wet? Am I going to be able to dry off? Is this going to ruin my thing? And, you know, you'll talk yourself out of anything. What's so fascinating to me, though, is you're, I mean, people think of you, and you are this huge A-list movie star. And I don't ever feel that when way, it comes down you. to it from then to now, what you're saying is the rain's the most important. It's beautiful. I love that I'm somewhat consistent. Yeah. And I, I really do, like, it's just this small thing, but it's so big to me, and I'm still that same person. 
I love you so much. They're wrapping me. I, I love go. you, Danny. I love you. I'm Check, so I'm in awe be on your of your homework. Oh, I'm really. It, you're like the only person who's noticed many of these things. Thank you. Well, you're Made the best. my life make you. sense to I me. I love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. I love you too. All right, we make this show Bye. for you. Take love it with you. Guys. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, Drew. Oh my God, oh, Danny, that was so motherfucking fun. Yes.